this lesson was delivered to us by a Joe named Footloose. Oh my God! So Footloose. that's um, a pretty gay name. As well. <laughs> <laughs> you might say he's Footloose and fancy free. Oh, Austin, I quit. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that glow. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. It's ABC, featuring the VIPs of SBT. Austin G and Dr. DB, with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, or just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download a rarity that we had bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holds cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode. Hello and welcome to a very special episode. The podcast that is probably not endorsed by the National Child Safety Council. <laughs> I am your host this week, General Austin Gorton. And joining me is someone who would rather eat a candy bar than an apple. Carolyn Maine, a.k.a. Power Crotch. <laughs> well, that kind of ruins the second one, because then I was going to say, and also a skateboarding girl. Ryan Alexander Tanner. <laughs> and you've never looked better, Ryan. Thank you. Well, I've been going to the gym. Yeah, and your ponytail. And my ponytail. It's really cute when you do your flips. I like, I'll swish it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I guess we should probably acknowledge uh, this is our first episode in which Carolyn is basking in newlywed bliss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yay. OMG. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for coming. That was uh, a lot. It was very fun. I have notes for my next marriage, but. <laughs> it's always good to be improving, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. I wanted to do an episode, um, like a, a wedding episode in honor of your wedding, yeah, but it just thanks. didn't. Well, we ended up getting the Star Wars Minute guys, so we just did something. Yeah, and I ended up being too busy with wedding. That just took yeah. more and more time until it took all my time. Maybe I'll do one a little later, though. I assumed you wouldn't be on it, but I just, like, <laughs> in honor of your wedding. I was going to do the Friends episode where, they, oh. uh, where Ross says the wrong name when he's going to get married. That's a good one, kind of. Well, it happened at your wedding, so it's, it would have been really appropriate. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I don't know how much we want to post-game your wedding at the beginning of our... <laughs> oh, just a little more. Let's be thorough. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do differently? Oh, man. Well, I wrote a couple long posts about it. One of the first things I would say is, well, I wouldn't get the pizza because nobody really ate it that oh, much. Oh, Dude, I was so uh, pissed that I pizza. didn't take pizza home and I could have. <laughs> right? Because I thought about it at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. I, like, I, I should, I should have home. offered a little sooner for the early commerce, but it was just... You know, whoever stayed the latest would get asked to take the most crap, like the rosemary and the roses. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I ate like three quarters of a pizza. Thank you, Austin. Like, we, went, we went to the to the horse's ass afterwards. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And it was and I was like, oh, my God, I don't even want to drink because my belly is full of pizza. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to hear. I loaded up on all the other stuff before pizzas even came. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, no, that's, I was like, 
I like was cra- it was like cramming food into my body like yeah. when you're trying to like push the garbage down to make more room that's yes. what I was doing with the pizza cuz all the other stuff I had eaten so much of already. Oh, I'm so glad I filled you with garbage. Well, good. That feels good. Yeah, now our tasty, schedule tasty garbage. <laughs> our schedule definitely like had some staggering issues. We would have loved the pizza to arrive earlier. Another big thing was overburdening the groom with trips like he was getting oh. the pizza when he should have been hanging out, right? Well, you guys, sh- yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna say you should have, but yeah, you post game should have. Now but... we're just talking about your wedding um, <laughs> yeah. and the logistics of it. But um, I'm very ready to dissect it because when I've you been get doing married is when you get married is a really good time to just give your friends jobs. Like, right? We totally would have picked up pizzas for you or whatever. That's you know? true. That's the yeah. one we should have given out. Aaron was just on a spree and he had to drop off the dogs anyway. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. so, you know bunch of stuff uh also my beverage station at the ceremony was shit i meant to have like more i thought somebody else who i won't even name on my podcast (laughs) (laughs) more of that it's fine it happened everybody got drunk it just took a while we drank all that sangria pretty fast really fast (laughs) absolutely too fast and then there was like that uh well there was a bottle of vodka and some weird tea so you better believe that was Went fast enough too, but ultimately I didn't even see that yeah. right. Oh, there was second game. It was a strange brew, but kind of got drunk. So hey, booze is booze. Mm. <laughs> well, it was a wonderful ceremony. Thank you so much. It was so great to have all the foursome. I kind of owed that to David, but nice of <laughs> y'all to give it to me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was a ceremony that was quintessentially you guys and also, at least as I know you guys, and uh, quintessentially Portland at the same time. Mm. It was really great. <laughs> it was the first rainy day and really bright gray. Oh, and also I had a buddy who listens to our podcast and he was excited you guys were all there and he was pissed I didn't introduce him. So. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Should have met him too, guys. I know. You want a shout out to him now? Yeah. What's up, prom? How you doing, buddy? I gave. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry we didn't meet you and just orbited around you at various wedding functions. Sorry right. about that. He had a chance to recognize you by your voices, but he was busy. <laughs> I co-opted him on the charcuterie service. So. Ooh, charcuterie. Yeah, I definitely ate a lot of the charcuterie. Yay. Part of the problem is that Ryan's never done his half of Love Shack on our podcast, so <laughs> he wouldn't have recognized him from his voice. <laughs> you practiced. You were very good. Somebody was like, who is that guy? He's nailing this. Well, we, uh, uh, that was not the first time we've done Love Shack together, Diana and myself. Your shack was very loved. Thank you. Yeah, Um, that's like our go-to now. And we're still working on it, you know? It's a funky little shack. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, well, cool. I'll return next week and we'll talk about um, great yeah i'll talk about somebody else's wedding <laughs> um well it's funny half of the podcast has gotten married in the last like three months or yeah, something. I know, right yeah and then yeah. austin's already married and i'm yeah yeah <laughs> and your question mark for life yeah no david and me a bit of <laughs> wedding twins what's up bruh i know well, in this week's episode, we're going to talk about the polar opposite of weddings. I not really. I don't. This is I mean, death and danger is kind yeah. of keep keeping kids out of danger. <laughs> Carol, do you wish that at your wedding, yeah. like after the after the ceremony, a GI Joe had shown up and been like, get your friends to pick up the pizzas. <laughs> Actually, really do. And when attending I, a wedding, it's important that everyone pitch in. And they do make everyone pitch in. Thanks, 
power zone. <laughs> Let people know not to load up on small pastries before the pizzas arrive. <laughs> <laughs> They're unfortunate. I also overburdened my caterer. So, yeah, no, he had no time to warn you poor fools. Yeah, no, I could have used a Jay Dota shop and then I wouldn't have had to have paid a stripper either, so... You yeah. paid a stripper? Yeah. No. A stripper? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what everyone I paid does with all their off hours. They didn't pay a stripper for stripping. But if a J.I. Joe showed up, I they look like they all look like sexy muscle hunk strippers. That's We're what I want to say. We're going to talk a lot about <laughs> the appearances of the G.I. Joes. Good. Well, we are talking about G.I. Joe this week. <laughs> uh, we are going to look at one of probably one of the more uh, infamous or famous uh, entries in the 80s TV PSA genre, uh, the the knowing is half the battle public service announcements that closed out every episode of G.I. Joe back in the day, in well, which some dumbass kids would do some dumbass thing and a random G.I. Joe would show up and be like, hey, kids, quit being dumbasses. That summarizes them well. That's yeah. kind of it. Um, well, I, be- I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that I mean, I, these are probably the most famous PSAs, and I of this era, and, mm-hmm. you know, based on animated characters. And I think part of that is because they didn't only air after GI Joe. Oh, really? I believe that they were interstitials, like just during Saturday morning cartoons, they would play these, like during commercial breaks yes. and stuff. Yeah, they also played them on afternoon cartoons. I definitely yeah. saw the heck out of them, and I was not into G.I. Joe, believe it or not. <laughs> Interesting. I did yeah. not know that. I, we actually I... were not allowed to watch G.I. <gasps> Joe. Because it was the war thing? Yeah, and it's funny. Um, it's actually one of those things where, like, as a grown-up, I, I, I don't think my mom was wrong. She was very anti-guns. Right. Um, which I'm sure we just upset a few of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, even though we could watch Transformers and stuff, we were, like, obsessed with Transformers. Yeah, and one of those Transformers is literally a gun. Literally a gun, but we couldn't have wow. that toy. Basically, any toy that was a gun... We were not allowed to have, although some Transformers would, like, be holding a gun or whatever. And right. There was some there were some gray areas. And later I could have G.I. Joes, like, when I was, like, in fourth grade, I remember finally getting to have some. But I'd kind of missed the boat on the cartoon. Anyway, I never watched the cartoon. Uh-huh. I don't really know the characters or I don't really even know what G.I. Joe's about, honestly. Uh, it's uh, America's daring, highly trained special mission force hmm. whose Very well. mission is to <laughs> defeat Cobra. A ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. It's all right there in the theme song, Ryan. All right. And it's one of those ones where, like, no one ever gets shot, but, like, your plane gets shot, and they always show you, like, jumping out in a parachute, right? Right, yeah. Like, you shoot down the enemy plane, and it blows up, but then there's, like, the brief shot of the pilot with a parachute. Yeah, always. Everyone's always okay at the end. There's no consequences to anything. Right, right. Yeah. Are the G.I. Joe's war profiteers? I don't think they personally are. They're just like p- army people, soldier, uh, military people, because they're in various service branches. But they're just like fancy soldiers. The people who like higher up organize them, send them into war zones and whatnot. They're probably war profiteers. Definitely. Sure. Do you think that they got good veteran medical care after they blew out their knees on all those helicopter landings? Well, I mean, they they were operating in Reagan's America, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. 
but no so yeah the battle so that's my, your my point was though is that i never watched the cartoon but i definitely have s- remember these like i've right. seen okay. a lot that's of them yeah yeah, I'm pretty similar to Ryan in that I never sought out the G.I. Joes. I think they aired like a opposite or right back to back with My Little Ponies in the mornings. I was definitely a My Little Ponies person because mm. I was a little girl and muscle hunks, gross. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I've come around a little bit on that, but also, uh, yeah, I just, ugh. and well, but I mean, these were famous. I definitely watched a load of these. They were on the afternoons, they were in the mornings, and I don't know how much I learned from them, except that, you know, maybe if like a muscled up stripper comes in, tries to help you put out a fire, I'd let him. <laughs> I mean, I want to talk. Is that well, fire in your loins? It might be. I have a lot to say about the presence of these GI Joes. Yeah. These. Um, I also would like to. Uh, you guys can disagree with me. Maybe we can vote on this, mm-hmm. but because right. there's the very famous like early internet videos. Yes. Of, oh uh, yeah. And I would like to not reference those really possible. I I don't know them very well at all. Okay. It's almost hard to watch these having seen those yeah, so much cuz there's like famous lines and stuff, but I feel like they're a they're a deterrent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you there. Oh boy, I guess I'll just say one pork chop sandwich is Yeah. <laughs> had to. No. I cannot. There were a couple of these that I watched, and I was like, oh, that's what they're actually saying. <laughs> and I will say about those early internet videos that they were so fucking funny uh, yeah. at the time, because we didn't have mini jokes yet. And even now, they won't make me laugh. They're the dumbest things in the world. But it's funny how I much mean, a dumb voice in a cartoon can go for me. I definitely got about halfway through the supercut Austin sent us and was like, all right, I'm just going to watch the parodies and get it over with. You did? Okay, maybe I will later or right now. (laughs) Uh, So as for me, uh, obviously I'm the the G.I. Joe stan in the room in this case. Um, (laughs) Is that your G.I. Joe name? (laughs) G.I. Joe stan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess so... As has been previously established in earlier podcasts, I was a big He-Man guy when I was a kid. Mm. Um, but that was like when I was a really young kid. That was sort of the first sort of pop culture thing that I was into. And I think I more or less transitioned out of He-Man and into G.I. Joe and Transformers. Okay. Uh, and I always kind of go back and forth as to like when I was a kid, if I was more into G.I. Joe or more into Transformers. Uh, and I think ultimately I was probably more into G.I. Joe, or at least I stuck around hmm. with that longer. Huh. Um, I still remember the first G.I. Joe that I got uh, as a kid for my mom. Don't remember why I got it, but I can still remember being handed it. <laughs> um, Mutton Junkyard, the, uh, the the guy that came with a dog. Mutton Junkyard? Mutt. <laughs> And junkyard. Oh, that makes more sense. I heard it See, like Ryan. The, yeah, did he have the, big mutton chops? <laughs> and the gag was that mutt was the human and junkyard was his dog. Oh. Uh, which also began my love of GI Joe figures that came packaged with an animal companion, which mm. happened more often than you would have expected. Yeah. That reminds me of my childhood love of the WWF wrestler junkyard dog. Ah, there you go. I liked um, Rude Dog and the Dweebs. Oh, yeah. We should do a Rude Dog and the Dweebs episode. Yeah, we'll have to find one. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
unlike uh, unlike Ryan's moms, my parents felt no compulsion to protect me from the evils of guns and the military industrial complex. So um, I grew up with all of this crap, and I and as a result, I have a I have a somewhat complicated relationship with GI Joe um, <laughs> these days, just because. Like I so I bought the I bought the action figures. I watched the show, um, the cartoons as a kid. Uh, I didn't really read the comics at the time because I wasn't really into comics yet. But then once I did get into comics and GI Joe was still around, um, I, I I read the the comic then as well. It's one of the more successful licensed books that Marvel did back in the day. That's one of my blind spots in like Marvel comics history. Is there's like a generation that really grew up with those GI Joe comics. And- yeah. Yeah, yeah and, I've never read any of them. And so there's and there's a pretty, um, I mean, like everything, there's a pretty robust GI Joe fandom online these days. There's a sure. couple of, of websites that I check out um, on a semi regular basis, and some people that frequent my site. Um, one of the guys writing for us right now is doing some stuff with the with the old GI Joe commercials that were actually <laughs> commercials for the comic book because they hadn't changed the regulations yet that you could advertise toys directly on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but that G.I. Joe fandom, not surprisingly, because it's about a, a military, what is essentially a military organization, um, attracts some unsavory types that aren't necessarily my political cup of tea these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, How does that so square I, with your your politics? It's one of those things I have a hard time with where a lot of those people are into G.I. Joe and I'm... And I am as well, but we're into it for, I guess, different reasons. And um, there's a big divide in, in G.I. Joe fandom amongst the people who like it to be very military oriented, like it was at the beginning, especially, but like before the cartoon came along. And then when the cartoon came along, like you said, Ryan, it becomes a lot more sanitized. It's a lot more. They're just shooting laser guns and everyone explodes out of a plane and it has a parachute and it's not as realistic and whatnot and they don't like the fantasy elements of it but for me that's how i got into it and so gi joe is almost they're basically like a group of superheroes for all intents and purposes Mm -hmm. that was kind of how i viewed it as a kid watching it when i was younger um so the the military elements are secondary to me in a way that they're the primary appeal to to some other elements of the fandom and i think that's where that disconnect comes from Mm mm-hmm but yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I don't think it's any any secret. Anyone that's listened to our show knows that we're we're all a bunch of bleeding heart liberals around here, especially when it comes to you know gun control and things like that. Um, <laughs> so don't don't let my don't let my love of of GI Joe be construed as a love of the military industrial complex and gun culture is basically what I'm saying. But you're familiar with all of these characters. Oh, yeah. No, I, I could tell you all about these guys. Maybe not uh, all of them. There's no way anybody knows all of them. <laughs> Do you know them all? Oh, yeah. I know, like, every, like, everybody that shows up in these PSAs, I, I know who all these guys are. Oh, okay. Is there any Joe who's, like, a liberal who, like, smokes weed and sits around and watches cartoons and old sitcoms? Um, I'm trying to to guess one. Who's the one I like the most? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'll give I mean, I'll give Larry Hama credit. Larry Hama is the is a a comic book writer. Um, He wrote the vast majority of the comic book series. And he got the job because he also wrote the file cards that came on the back of all of the, the Joe figures. So he basically sort of created the 
the characters and the storylines and the mythology of Joe. He you know, Hasbro came to him as like, we're making this military toy. Turn it into something. And he did. Um, so to his credit, he never really did the, um, you know, straw, straw man, liberal. Let's ha- put him on the team, but then have everybody make fun of him kind of character. <laughs> and uh, you can read, I mean, you can read the G.I. Joe comic and it's it's pretty... You don't have to squint too hard to see Hama making some comments on the futility of war and armed conflict and how um, there, there's definitely some subversive elements in there mixed in with a lot of his his military lingo because he was in he was in Nam. He, he oh. served and there's definitely some um, gay G.I. Joes. Right. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think that seems pretty clear. <laughs> and I I think uh, one thing we'll talk about is that it seems to me like all the G.I. Joes who are not white are just white people with different skin color. <laughs> 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 Except the Japanese guy. He looked Japanese. But... Don't yeah. ask, don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess as before we dive into it, uh, format wise this will be a little bit different than our usual episodes just because uh, we're looking at sort of a super cut of the of the assorted PSAs I don't believe it was all of them um, by my count there was about oh, 20 really? there was about 27 that we watched oh. and I believe uh, per the gruel orphans I think they made 35 of them oh, okay oh. let's say it wasn't all of them it was enough of it was definitely <laughs> enough of it was one of those where I was I was trying to find one that had like all of them and it was proving difficult. And this one, I'm like, you know what? I think this is enough. It there was... felt so thorough by the end of it. I am a little shocked there were more. I knew how to handle so many situations. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're just going to kind of go through these one by one and, and uh, I'll, I'll call out what lesson we're learning and then we can, uh, we'll go from there. There was one I remember forever. And uh, it's like burned into my memory, and it was it was in this, so I Yay. was fine. Yeah. I was happy. And before we dive right in, I want to go to Austin's point, which is like, yeah, this is very clearly based on how many dolls and action figures can we make, and that was the oh, starting yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, we we alluded to this a bit, Ryan, in our in our episode with the Star Wars Minute guys that was right. out most recently, um, and then we got into a little discussion with it with Meg C on Twitter about the the way that the FCC sort of deregulated things in the early eighties to allow for kids to be more directly marketed to. Thanks Reagan. Um, and so that's why, I mean, yeah, exactly. Thanks Reagan. The eighties, you know, you get GI Joe transformers, he man, Thundercat. I mean, there's these countless animated series because they're all basically just 22 minute commercials for the new toy line. You couldn't do that before. And they changed the laws. So that you could, and the uh, the free market fill rushed in to fill that void with gusto. Teenage mm. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and that's and, and kind of like my sort of conflicted feelings in and around GI Joe. Just in general, like all those shows were such a integral part of my childhood and growing up, and are embedded in my consciousness. And then when you take a step back, and you're like, the, it was terrible that that they allowed that to happen for kids yeah. to. You know, to just serve the sort of crass commercialist ends like that. Um, 
and I I was a a willing pawn in that in that game. I guess yeah. one thing I want to address right away. Well, first I think we should talk about Carol's wedding for at least twenty minutes. <laughs> Yay! Because when people see GS G, GI Joe PSAs in the title, I think what they really are coming for is Carol's wedding post game. Hot go- hot, hot goss from Carol's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Um. Is the other thing is that these are so hilarious. These yeah. PSAs. <laughs> And they're not meant to be at all. No, but there is an earnestness to them that is hilarious. Yeah. Well, and also, like, a misguided, like, it seems like they were like, all right, we've got to make 35 of these. Like, <laughs> what are kids doing wrong? And some of them, you're like, what? I mean, some of them are like, okay, I don't live, like, near a lake or whatever, so. <laughs> but other ones, you're just like, who thought of that? <laughs> yeah, some some are more general. Some are highly specific and you get the feeling that like they had come up with 26 of these and were struggling to come up with number 27 mm-hmm. and that's how they landed on, on some <laughs> of them. Uh, so I guess we'll, let's, we'll just go in the order that uh, this random YouTube supercut put them in. I, I, do it. I was not able to determine if there was any rhyme or reason to it. Um, the first one is basically a lesson in not lying Mm-hmm. Uh, that, is, that is taught to us by Flint, who was one of the uh, leader type characters on on GI Joe at one point. Yeah, so I think the structure of how this supercut is presented in my mind is that it goes from like your star GI Joes to like the real B C D E F characters. Oh, it's actually a ranking of the GI yeah. Joes. Is that oh. accurate? Maybe. Um. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> For now, it is. Yeah. yeah. So some kids. Br- <laughs> it does start off with Flint, who is definitely. He's like up know, there. Yeah, he was. He was one of the 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 leader guys. It starts with Flint, Michigan. He's like, don't get <laughs> your water from <laughs> City Taps. It's yeah. poison. <laughs> oh, they should make new ones. That's sad, guys. Well, and and, and Carolyn, to your point, uh, Flint is one of those characters that that the nascent internet quickly latched onto as. Uh, as as being both gay and in a uh, uh, a cover up relationship with Lady J, who shows up later in one of these. Oh yeah, bearding. Yes. Yes, oh. bearding. That was the term I was I was struggling he, for there. He was definitely not the gayest GI Joe. No, no but I no. would imagine any of them is gay very easily. So. No, there's one GI Joe though. <laughs> yeah, I think we're was, thinking of the same one. Well, we'll see. I, I would yeah. like to compare notes on who is the gayest of the GI Joe. We are definitely qualified to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so we go from the relatively innocuous, like you know, don't tell lies with uh-huh. Flint. Wait, um, hold on. I have a yeah, few more. Let's okay, go. what, else, what yeah. else you got on this one? One is these kids are siblings, right? Yes. Because I had a little heart went out because this was definitely my childhood. It's like the two kids are like, we broke a window. Let's blame Billy. And Billy's like the youngest kid who's like totally innocuous, like minding his own business. <laughs> So and when, when like, they oh. said, let's blame Billy, did you just hear, let's blame Ryan? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but, um, I am also the youngest, but I have in my notes, yo, fuck a Billy, because victimless well, crime. The other, the other thing I want to say is, let's keep tabs on how many of these kids are named Billy. Yeah, we definitely come back to one. Spoiler alert, more than a couple. <laughs> I am not, I'm, I'm surprised I don't just call all of them Billy, like just the unit kids. Did anybody else start to become like, 
slightly hypnotized by the same musical cue every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And they're um, all Billies, yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, it is It is somewhat, uh, I don't know, notable, maybe, that, uh, that, like, they don't just reuse the same kid model every time. Yeah. You know, like, that they go out of their way to be, like, to switch between, like, boys and girls, and they've got some African-American kids and a couple well, of Asian kids. and Talk about that, too. Yeah. Like African-American. Because, yeah. yeah, all the models are pretty simple. But. Right, but they could have just, like, <laughs> they could have just... Put the same kid with the same you know t-shirt and jeans in every one of these but they they flop them around a little bit i would say they spent some money on these yeah yeah they look, better than, <laughs> they look better than you would expect like oh those, that kid's skateboarding sequence is actually pretty well done at the beginning you know well, and, and if i had to guess and this is just wild speculation i wouldn't be surprised if someone whether it was sunbow the studio that made these or hasbro the toy company that was footing the bill for them somewhere along the way i wouldn't be surprised if they got a little bit of government money to help mm-hmm. subsidize these yeah the child yeah. council yeah they are all endorsed by the national child safety council so speaking of the child council <laughs> get to the second one so yeah so we start it's off with this innocuous me. like don't blame your younger siblings when you break a window to that guy was gonna molest you and it's a good thing you didn't get in his car so this sets such a weird precedent because <laughs> there's no visual discernment between the molester and the G.I. Joes. Yeah. And putting this go. as the second one really uh, points out how what they're telling us not to do with this molester is in stark contrast to the fact that all of these are just like a grown man showing up and... <laughs> In increasingly up fanciful clothing. Yeah. <laughs> in and stranger and stranger places. And often putting their hands on the kid <laughs> and giving them instructions. If you see a loose kid, make sure to touch him all over. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all entirely predicated on the notion that all members of the G.I. Joe team are recognizable on site by every kid in the world. Right. Except for the kid who's lost, who <laughs> has no idea who the G.I. Joe is. But once his brother shows up, he's like, oh, hey, it's Hot Shot or whatever his name <laughs> Alpine. is. Alpine. It was Alpine. Oh, I'm oh sorry. It was Alpine. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they have... So the distinction here is there's stranger danger, right? And that's right. kind of... It's still a good point, but now we also know that most molestation happens from somebody the kid knows so they should be just as wary of those Uh, very pedophile looking gi joes especially this one and the glasses and the mustache i mean come on well that's one of the that's one of the more interesting things about watching these en masse as well um it was this wasn't as bad as i thought it might be but you can you can see somewhat how like they teach them things we maybe wouldn't teach today Mm-hmm. Like there, you can see sort of like a changing understanding of some of these problems between when these were made in the eighties and today, yeah. um, and that's that's a good example of like I mean that was totally a lesson that I was taught repeatedly in everything from like GI Joe to the Berenstein Bears, which was like stranger danger, stay away from strangers, yeah. they're gonna molest you and yeah. and take you away, and that's and that's not to say that isn't untrue, but to your point, Carol, statistically speaking, that kind of crap also happened with people you knew and more frequently with people that you knew, but we didn't get PSAs about that in the eighties. I like the molester's dialogue though. He's like, your mom had an accident. I'll uh, take you to her. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's the basically the gist of it is like two kids are playing and then like a guy in a Jeep rolls up and is like, your mom's in an accident. Come with me in my Jeep. But then Wild Bill rolls up in a different vehicle. Different chase, Jeep. Different Jeep. <laughs> chases off the first guy and then tells the kids, strangers could mean danger. Don't get in cars with strangers. And they're like, thanks, stranger. Yeah. Now get in my car. Your mom um, is very sick. Your mom's sick. Uh, I also want to mention at this point that the video was interrupted by an ad for Red Lobster's Endless Shrimp. Hmm. Not for me. My favorite time of year is Endless Shrimp. Yeah. That's good stuff. I didn't get that direct video advertisement, Ryan. I think the algorithm's on to you. Sorry to hear that, Carol. Yeah, definitely. This guy likes to eat copious amounts of food. (laughs) You roasted. It's a targeted advertisement. (laughs) Uh, So we bounce back to Flint, who teaches some soccer-playing kids a lesson about not belittling your teammate when he screws up. And, and, how, and, and it's what the was, return of the Billy. Yep. What's that teammate's name? <laughs> Billy. Billy. <laughs> this is when I'm like, yo, fuck a Billy. Will yelling at Billy help? No. Yeah, I mean, Why? This is where I'm like, I don't know. I feel like maybe a little bit of belittling might help him play better next time. He'll be like, I don't, I don't want those kids to make fun of me. I better practice up and play soccer better. I don't know. I always hated team sports, so I just washed my hands of this whole thing. Yes. But I liked the message of don't be a dick. Like, yeah, I hated PE yeah. in class, and I wish Flint would have shown up and been like, maybe Ryan's an artist. Maybe he doesn't care about <laughs> goaltending and just give him a fucking break. You maybe know? you just give Ryan shrimp if you want to yeah. see what he can really do. Yeah I, I, yeah, I will say, not surprisingly, that I was the Billy in this scenario. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you want to be impressed by Ryan's physical feats... Watch him eat endless shrimp. <laughs> yeah, that's really his sport. He's more of a competitive eater, you guys. True. Was anybody else in soccer? I totally was. Oh, yeah, I played soccer when I was. Yeah. It's I a would take... lot of running. That's why I, I was in. soccer. Not the way I played it, Carolyn. <laughs> Were you defense? Yeah, I got It was, it was a lot of standing so in the nice. grass and picking up blades of grass and then being like, oh, shit, the ball. <laughs> I'm surprised that Joe didn't come yell at you, Austin. Yeah, I got lots of belittling, let me tell you. <laughs> Uh, so in the next one, Flint's lady friend, Lady J, shows up to uh, warn some kids who are playing in a under construction house to stop and think before they act. Yeah, she's not warning them not to play in abandoned construction <laughs> sites. She's warning them to do it smart. Well, she's like, the instructions are basically to like be uh like come up with creative solutions <laughs> like, like, like use a plank yeah don't jump a ditch <laughs> the premise is that like the two kids get into this house and then i presumably the older brother is like let's jump across the like three foot ditch that they put around the house for the foundation and the sister says you know oh i don't think i can make that jump and he's like don't be a chicken and then Lady J shows up and she's like, stop and think before you act. So the sister takes a plank from the under-constructed house and uses that to walk across the the moat to get, get over to her brother's side. And it's like, how about you just tell him not to fuck around in a house that's not theirs? Yeah, right. Or Also, it was like a three-foot drop. If she didn't make the jump, I think she would have been okay. I think Lady J should have been like, don't be a chicken. <laughs> also this Jump is the, the ditch, one you pussy. <laughs> this is the one where uh like okay it's a brother and sister the brother brother uh <laughs> he looks like a 
black kid. Right. But right. the sister is totally just a white girl character model that they colored brown. I'm sorry, but yeah, that's a white yeah. kid. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is also the first one of these where every once in a while they'll sneak in. I don't know if pun is the right word for it, but like a catchy little stinger to underscore the lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is we get is using your head instead of losing it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too how the kids always add to the lesson. It's like the GI Joe is always like, "Don't do blah blah blah," and then the kids sort of like have uh, supporting arguments in mm-hmm. the statement every time. Yeah, yes. they get the lesson so fast they can put a little bow on it. Yeah, right. they're like, "Motherfucker, you were just doing it. Don't tell me." <laughs> <laughs> uh, in our next one, we get an important lesson on obeying railroad crossing signs and <laughs> not uh, trying to race across the tracks when you see a train coming. Yeah. And that lesson is taught to us by uh, one General Hawk, who is the 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 top GI Joe guy at this. Oh point. yeah, so he should have been up front. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's the the highest ranking Joe member. Um, I I do love how like <laughs> they could have just totally phoned this in, but they I like the verisimilitude of Hawk just yelling his entire lesson because there's a train going by in the background. Mm. He's yeah. like, "You kids can't run out in front of trains." Oh, I thought he just always talked like that. <laughs> no, usually he talks like a normal person. Oh, okay, he's half deaf from all the helicoptering. <laughs> I did like when the tagline to this one was being bisected by a train is half the body. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Because at the end of all these, they say it's half the battle. We haven't been tagging them, but you Uh, know, audience. Yeah, 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 that's the... (laughs) People still say that today, knowing it's half the battle. Right? That's another thing. Like, I never watched G.I. Joe, but I totally know that phrase. Right? Everyone in school would say this. My sisters and I would roast these cartoons. It was one of the first things we'd make fun of because they were so sincere and they had that catchphrase. You could just get used to it. Well, that's like, the funny thing about that is this is literally the only place that catchphrase is from. Yeah. Like, like it's ask. not like the, in the course of a, of an episode, they would work that in. <laughs> it only came up in these PSAs as like the huh? stinger to the end of the, to the, uh, uh, the lesson was just, you know, and now, you know, and knowing is half the battle. No, it's comforting. And that's it's probably like, like if you just went up to any random person and been be like, tell me something about G.I. Joe, they'd probably respond with, and knowing is half the battle. Yeah. Right. I believe that was on the email chain where David said he couldn't make it. R.I.P. David. <laughs> I know. He was he ran out on the railroad track. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he like, didn't jump the train. ditch. He fell me, in the me ditch. And my like Prius a can outrace that uh, <laughs> So Austin, I was thinking about running out onto some thin ice. Mm. Yeah, so here we get here we get our first climate specific lesson. <laughs> this won't be a problem in a few more years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you if you grew up uh, you know anywhere south of of maybe I don't know like Illinois, uh, this one w- was lost on you. But uh, yeah, a, a kid goes a group of kids are playing in in the snow, and one of them goes running out onto a ice covered pond and it starts to crack and then the other kids go to chase after him and then snow job shows up so carol yeah carol do you just want like 90 seconds to riff on snow job job. so that's when like you um roll it in your mouth and trade it back later right and then or is it making a snowman yeah uh does this guy get a lot of fanfic because 
<laughs> I don't know about I don't know about fanfic, but he is a uh, he is he is something of a beloved character. I can't believe they named him that. Yeah, that's one of those where you wonder if Larry Hama was winking when he came up with that or not. <laughs> like, like, did blowjobs exist in the seventies? I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they did. So, uh, yeah, he was he is he is one of the. Uh, there's a surprising number of snow-based G.I. Joes. <laughs> snow Joes. Snow Joes, yeah. Which is another sex move invented in the 70s. Uh, so yeah, Snow Job teaches the kids that <laughs> if, if someone gets caught out on the thin ice, you need to reach for them with a branch or something so that you don't add your weight to the thin ice. And that anytime you see a frozen body of water, you can't be sure how thick that ice is, so don't run out on it. Or else... You could be skating on thin ice. Uh, I'm pretty sure they aired this one in California when I was growing up. Uh huh. But I don't know why. Yeah, you were like, what's ice? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my Arizona husband was like, this didn't help me at all. <laughs> this did nothing for me. This I mean, frankly, frankly, Ryan, watching it in California, you could have been like, what's ice and what are bodies of water? Oh. What's a, what's a snow job? <laughs> Oddly enough, you knew. <laughs> so this is. The I point. think it's a hand yeah. job on a ski lift. But. Oh, that sounds very <laughs> chilly. Um, I like that one, yeah. So this is the point where they start to become so repetitive, and you know the music kicks off, and that these children are going to be in danger. Something really cool is going to happen. I'm getting invested and a little bored. It's fun. <laughs> well, so I felt like my boredom was uh, was was obliterated a bit with this next one, <laughs> uh-huh. in, in which um, a member of the village people shows up to to teach kids to stop, drop, and roll when they burst into flames by molesting one of the kids. <laughs> if you see the loose kid, touch him up a lot before the cops come. So a group, so like two kids so, are sitting around a campfire, and one the of them kid catches like, fire, and then he runs out, and he's like, "Your mom had an accident." <laughs> it sounds when the kid's on fire, and I'm sure he doesn't, but it sounds exactly to me like he says, "Help, my balls are on fire." <laughs> Maybe he said body or clothes, but I don't know. Yeah, so uh, so the kid goes, he throws some logs on the fire, and he apparently missed the the special GI Joe PSA about not starting yourself on fire when adding logs to a campfire uh, he fucked up yeah. um, so he, his, his arm like bursts into flames and he starts running around and then spirit the native american gi joe who's also uh, a white character model that just happens to who, have brown who, skin but but he he talks like i, I can't even do it i don't even want to do it he no, has a he yeah, has, he he has a stereotypical native american voice He's got a weird voice. Uh, yeah, he he comes out of the woods <laughs> to teach the kids about stop dropping and rolling, and like throws a blanket over the kid and quickly pats him down. Mm-hmm. And I was I like, mean, I think we need another PSA about what Spirit just did to that kid. Yeah. <laughs> and this is one of the ones where you know, okay, the other ones, the Joes could be driving down the street or walking to work or whatever. But what is Spirit doing in the woods? Like that would be pretty unsettling. I mean, he's Native American, Carol. He's communing with nature like all of his people. I think a lot of these G.I. Joes, it does not feel appropriate when they appear. <laughs> it's just like they can come from anywhere. There's like a special announcement that you're never alone. And okay, so Spirit, we trust him how much, you know, with the whole padding blankets. And also maybe he's a skinwalker, just saying. <laughs> I would like it if sometimes they're like, oh no, the house is on fire. And then the G.I. Joe comes in and they're like, ah! <laughs> oh kid, you're fucked. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, just the kids. Like, what the fuck? Where'd you come from? You know? uh, Spirit was also uh, one of the toys who came packaged with his pet bald eagle. Oh, oh yeah. By, by the name of Freedom. Aww. Oh. Yeah. I like that you have a sense memory for all the action figures. Again, it tells us where the show comes from. I also was watching this with a G.I. Joe fan, and he mentioned, like, oh, that's the one you put in your bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get there. Right, and Snow Job was the one that we in Minnesota would take out to play with in a snowbank. Oh, did you really? That's cute. Did he have a power, or you just knew he could handle <laughs> No, he had, he had skis. Oh, that's they, pretty cool. They snapped onto his backpack, and then his backpack snapped onto him, and then he could go out and take off his skis and go skiing down the, the snow drifts in your driveway. And then your dad could run over him when he came home from work. Yeah, pretty much. I didn't play with my G.I. Joes outside very often because I was a persnickety kid that didn't want him to like <laughs> get get dirty or mussed up or anything. Like, I, like, I, I took him out of the package and I played with him, but I played with him gently. But even your Joes weren't indoor kids. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Exactly. Fair enough. Uh, so then the next member of the village people shows up. Oh, you guys, here uh, we go. <laughs> when, this is the ultimate one. When, when gung-ho, the manliest mm. question mark, Joe of all, delivers a message that girls can skateboard too. I really supported his support for gender equality. So is this the one who is in, like, leather chaps? <laughs> He's in camouflage pants and a vest with no shirt. Ah, a mustache and a cap, and he has a Cajun accent. And he's got a dick in his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I liked, too, how they're like, don't exclude girls and be shitty to them. And when the boys are like, oh, yeah, okay, like, the girl's standing in the background not speaking the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, it's mansplaining 101 where it's just like, I'm going to defend this girl. No, stay quiet. I'm defending you. So is this your pick for gayest G.I. Joe, Carol? I think it has to be. I, I, it was the dicks in his mouth. Like, when yeah. he had one, I'm like, that's pretty gay. But when he had, like, four, I was like, that's impressively gay. Was that his G.I. Joe name? Dick Sucker? <laughs> snow job, but Sergeant, for dicks. Sergeant Dick Sucker. His no, this was snow job, but for dicks. Yeah, and no, it's but for, for dicks. dicks. Yeah. B-U-T-T. This would be gung-ho. Um, Gung ho for dicks. And his uh, his shtick was that he uh, he was a marine and he was a Cajun and he was good at cooking gumbo because of course he was Cajun. Oh. Are you sure he wasn't Cajun? <laughs> well, I think that's that's pretty clear here. <laughs> um, I also wondered at one point I was like, oh, what's the more dated thing about this, the skateboarding or the gender inequality? And then I realized it's absolutely the skateboarding. <laughs> I think kids still skateboard. Yeah, I don't feel. I feel like there was a a skateboarding high renaissance in the, yeah. in the mid to late eighties into the early nineties that we that we no longer are at these. Days. I think skateboarding's it's like comic books. It's like on a ten year cycle. Mm. Like well, that that could be. I, I believe that's true. The okay. razor scooters kind of usurped them in the aughts, mm. and now there's both. And uh, don't forget rollerblades in the nineties. Oh, rollerblades were hot shit. Right? Now there's different street gangs, and then there's also the drunks driving the city scooters that are in all the cities, too. In our uh, in our next one, we have uh, we switched to a, an ocean setting, 
in which uh, a young girl is trying to learn how to water ski and gives is given an important lesson on not giving up by Scarlet. Yeah, so this is one of the ones, like, did this lady just come out of the <laughs> deep, deep ocean? Well, the best part is that, like, I think Scarlet was just hanging out on the beach because she's wearing a swimsuit and she's in the water, but she's not wearing her, like, G.I. Joe attire. Um, so it almost seems like she was just on vacation and then saw this girl trying to water ski and was like, I've got to give her an important lesson about not giving up. What part of their soldier training did they think qualifies them to talk to and touch all these children? All of it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I can get behind the wars then. Never mind. True story. Scarlet may very well have been the character who kickstarted my sexuality. Oh, and- no. And launched my obsession with redheads. Well, it had to start somewhere, and I don't think that's uncommon. I think a lot of people's sexuality started with these muscle hunks. Right, right. Did you still have a thing for her when she's just dressed up in her civilian swimsuit? Yeah, yeah. Does I mean, that's, that's, wear... I've that's heard, what like, you saw her as most often. So, Right? I've heard men reference the Black Widow or whoever the the bad lady in, like, the cat suit is. Oh, Baroness. Yeah. 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 That would be a good episode if we talked about all the the <laughs> fictional characters that were part of our sexual <laughs> That right? embarrassing, right? but I guess Austin doesn't have shame, so... No, I really don't. I, I've, been pretty, I've, been, I've been pretty on the record about about uh, Scarlet and the the specter she's cast over my sexuality. Oh. And knowing's half the J.O. And- battle. <laughs> As I got older, I what is it? The Baroness, the evil mm, lady with yeah. the dark hair and the glasses. Yep, yep. Yeah, I. That wasn't an early one for me. That was <laughs> yeah. It's same same here. Problem. As I got older, I was like, maybe I shouldn't have been all about Scarlet. Baroness has got it going on too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So next lesson. Don't uh, give up. Don't. Yeah, that was don't give up. The next one is don't take your parents' drugs. Yeah. This is one of the particularly creepy G.I. Joe appearances. I'm gonna say. Which aspect? That he's standing outside their bathroom window. <laughs> You don't do that? I mean, I do, but not on, <laughs> not, uh, nobody's filming it. Not on government time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so two kids, one, one kid. Again, there's lots of siblings in these. So I, I think we're, again, we've got a um, like a little sister who's like, my stomach hurts. And her brother yeah. says, I'll, I'll give you some of dad's medicine. It's really strong stuff. And I'm like, what the hell kind of drugs does dad have? Yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure it's going to be a Viagra. So they run into, <laughs> so they run like, into the uh, bathroom and he goes yeah. to get like a bottle of, of medicine, I guess. And then Doc is just like standing outside their bathroom window and warns them against the dangers of uh, taking medicine that isn't prescribed to you. Well, that's okay, because he's a medical doc, right? He is. This is where we get the pun that taking medicine that isn't yours is a prescription for danger. Uh, Is that a pun, or is it they just used a word prescription? Yeah, I I feel like pun isn't the right word for it, but I'm not sure what it is. I think it it worked. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Don't take your dad's pills, kids. And then they're like, you know, well, what if I'm sick? And Doc says... If you're sick, wait for your parents to get home. Or if it's serious, ask a neighbor friend. 
Yeah. And I'm like, what if your parents won't be home for hours and you have no neighbor friends? You've left me with nothing, Doc. Well, then don't leave your fucking kids home alone. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> becomes a PSA about child endangerment yeah, and, and neglect. neglect. Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> Jinx, we both said neglect at the same time. <laughs> Next, we get some super specific instructions on yeah. how to stop a nosebleed. This one was thorough. Yeah, this this was the this was the first one of these where I went. I have visceral memories of watching this one and being like, "Okay, I've got to remember how to do this in case yeah. I ever get a nosebleed." This is really important stuff. Like this one spoke to me as a kid for some reason. No, I remember like kids at school getting nosebleeds and being like, "What did that GA Joe say?" Like a super specific. <laughs> like, because a lot is. of them are like, "Don't you know, touch that." Believe in yourself or whatever. Never yeah, and this one's that. like step one. Do this. Step yeah. two. Like it's really Step one. Don't tip your head back. Step two. Plug your nose and hold it that way for five minutes. If it has yeah. to stop bleeding in those five minutes, then shove some gauze up there and hold it for ten minutes. If it has to stop bleeding in ten minutes, then you need to go see a doctor. You remembered it. These worked. Yeah. <laughs> I tell if you. You're above the equator. <laughs> yeah. This one imprinted on me for whatever reason. I think it's because it's so specific and it's like the scope of what these can actually solve it's like trying not to get molested is pretty vague but <laughs> hold this in your nose for five minutes and try to get not get molested it's okay I can really yeah. really do that Joe it's like slap the dick out of your ass in a counterclockwise motion <laughs> unless you're under the equator and then yeah. it's, if you're under the equator then it's too late it's and too uh, late. this lesson was delivered to us by a Joe named Footloose Oh my god, so Footloose. that's um, a pretty gay name. As far as <laughs> <laughs> you might say he's footloose and fancy free. Oh, Austin, I quit. Has he <laughs> been working too hard? It's time to punch his card. He needs a, a Got it cut loose. The feeling that life is passing him by. Yep. Ooh. Anyway, don't put your head back. Lean your head forward when you have a movie. Yes. Yeah. I, is that still? I wonder if the standards have changed. I, that's that was one of those where I wondered if that if those like because it was so the instructions were like so specific. I wondered if they had changed uh, in in current times. Yeah, because like CPR standards change every few years. Oh, right. Oh, actually, do it this way now. So yeah. yeah. Treatments. How come none of these Joes taught me CPR? Yeah, we didn't oh, get yeah. a we didn't get a CPR one in in this batch. Bunch of. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, so our next one we learn um, from Mutt, the the first GI Joe that I ever got as a kid, uh, to leave stray dogs alone if you are in a town that just has packs of roaming dogs. Yeah, don't pet strange animals, right? Yeah, the lesson. Yeah, which uh, you know they, they paint it as a dog, but I guess the sort of general <laughs> leave animals alone is a good lesson. <laughs> I like that phrase. They paint it as a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Where was this man's dog? Because I want to see his dog also be a dog. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't include junkyard in this one. Because he would have oh. fought in the stray dog or humped it. <laughs> then it would have turned into a a very special lesson about uh, not taking the under when gambling on dog fights. Oh, yeah, right. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that dog. <laughs> Our next one, uh, we have Dusty, the desert trooper, for some reason, teaches kids that they need to put reflectors on their bikes so they don't get hit by cars at night. I guess this is before bike lights were a big thing. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I also feel like 
even when I was a kid, like the same time that I would have been watching these bikes came loaded with reflectors, like standard. Huh. Like I don't, I don't remember ever having to go out of my way to put reflectors on my bike. They were just always there. You don't remember because after your accident, <laughs> you have no memory. Well, that's the best part about this one is that like the kids drive out across the street in twilight and then this, you know, Jeep has to swerve out of the way and rams into a tree and then <laughs> and then Dusty gets out of that Jeep. I'm like, those kids almost killed the GI Joe. At least, like, the G.I. Joe shows up in a way that is sort of built into the narrative this time, you know? Right. He doesn't just, like, peel himself out of a bush and be like, (laughs) (laughs) You kids need reflectors. And he's like, you fucking kids, get out of the goddamn street! (laughs) (laughs) That's the end. Uh, We're back to sports ball with our next one in which a group of kids are playing baseball, including a kid who's wearing a sweater and a dress shirt playing baseball for some reason. <laughs> fucking um, Billy. Yeah, fucking Billy slides into home plate in his, like, business casual attire. And uh, an, <laughs> uh, an argument so breaks out about whether or not he was uh, he was safe. And so then Cutter, who is the pilot of the G.I. Joe hovercraft. And is he the one that always has scissors? <laughs> he's the one that's got cuts all over his arm. <laughs> he's the goth cutter. Okay. He's the one who hates himself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just the oh. one, Ryan? Just the one? That'd be good if there was like one where a kid's cutting his arms and he's like, hey, don't cut your arms. <laughs> Express your angst in other ways. I like write, a write, write a poem. Sad I'm just going to say, yeah, write a poem like, or a song. Snails album. <laughs> Uh, this is one of those where, uh, no pun intended, I wondered if there was a little bit of inside baseball at work uh, because one of Cutter's uh, characteristics from his file card that Larry Hama wrote was that he was a big Boston Red Sox fan, which is a baseball team. And so now he's showing up for the PSA to uh, to uh, adjudicate a, uh, a baseball game. Hmm. This, I like this one because it's about... Seeking out an impartial third party. Right, who just happens to be standing there watching 20-odd kids play baseball. Right, I feel like there's a reason they shunned Billy in the first place. <laughs> so the kid, like, he slides into home, and they're like, he was safe. No, he was out. And then Cutter shows up, and he's like, don't argue with each other. Call out the impartial judge. And they're like, Billy over there isn't rooting for anyone. I'm like, then why is Billy here? What is <laughs> just, he watching this game for? Staring through the fence, like, really sad. He's a fan, I guess. But he, but, but just a fan of the game. But I'm not a fan of <laughs> He's Billy's. there for the love of the game is yeah. what, it, what it boils down to. So I wish that the final word of this would be, uh, I wish everyone on Twitter would watch this. Yeah. Because it says, instead of fighting when you disagree, look for a better way. Which would be just to close your Twitter account, I guess. Yeah. that That's the impartial judge is, is yeah. what you do with your time. Instead of arguing on Twitter, that's the impartial judge. Yeah, just do something else. I also wondered why this looked like a pretty well-organized game of baseball. Um, Aside from the kid sliding in his business cash attire, they all had, like, (laughs) uniforms and stuff. And I'm like, wouldn't they already have an umpire for this kind of scenario? But whatever. Well, see, it was organized, but not (laughs) well-organized. Next up, we have a lesson in... Uh, not run, I guess in microcosm, don't run away from home, but on a larger scale, it's about how you shouldn't run from your problems. You should solve them. And that you should communicate. 
Yes. Because he's like, did you even talk to your parents? This one is like weirdly like artfully <laughs> made to like yeah. the landscape. It's like this black and white like tree. It's uh, it's like a winter scene where but with like trees that don't have leaves on let's them. Let's say it has a real Blair Witch vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And once again, we have a Joe who just like appears as if from nowhere in the woods. It was very spooky. And okay, what is shipwreck doing in the middle of the woods? He must have really wrecked that ship this time. Yeah, he's like a like, sailor. His whole thing is that he like is on a ship, and he's, he's got a bird on his shoulder. Yeah, he also came with a with a animal companion. He had a parrot. A bird. Yeah. Oh, you called the bird, Ryan. <laughs> I saw it. Oh, it was still here. I guess I wasn't paying attention. It was I there. Thought he yeah. cooked the bird for warmth a couple of weeks ago, and he's lost in the woods. This one's like, don't run away from home, or you may end up in the woods with this guy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the voice actor for Shipwreck on the uh, on the cartoon was basically doing a Jack Nicholson impression. Oh, uh, weird. I don't think of Jack Nicholson as a sailor at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the clever wordplay here is running away leads nowhere. Yeah. I would have liked it if the kid, if it cut forward and the kid's like a male prostitute. <laughs> and gung ho picks him up or is also tooting on the side of the street. Exactly. Like, what should a kid do if their home life just sucks, right? They're kind of fucked. You can either wait it out or call CPS and be given a foster home, yeah, this, which also might suck. So This is this you, is kid. one of those where I feel like they're, the specific scenario is at cross-purposes with the lesson. Because the lesson's like, you know, don't run away from your problems, confront them. And that's fine. But then they create this whole, like, tragic home backstory. Yeah. And, and that's a much more there's much more complicated solutions than just like go home and tell your parents how you feel. Yeah. Right. Like, Some kids are going to get popped in the eye for telling their parents. How they right. Or, or be told that they don't give a shit how you, how you feel. And so then what are you supposed to do? And all that. So they might've done better to pull back a little bit and been more generic in mm. uh, setting up their lesson. But you know. yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you not know Ryan or can you just not see because oh, another important on. lesson is that we should get your eyes tested and see if you need glasses. This one really spoke to me. I felt this. like it was going to resonate with all you four eyes. <laughs> it's true. I remember this shit. Man. Was this how it felt? Yeah. Wow. And I would always pass the school eye exam. How? Really Did you cheat? No, it's because it's like my eyesight's bad enough that I need glasses, but I can like recognize... Certain letters from far, like... Like, you can figure them out if you can't see them that good. I remember them coming and doing this cool eye exam and being like, what's that? And I'd be like, I think it's an E? And they'd be like, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a squiggly blob? Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I, I learned I needed glasses because I kept having to go down to the nurse's office in third grade because I was constantly having headaches. Yeah, yep. And then uh, finally... I, to, to what felt an interminably long period of time to me as like an eight-year-old, someone was like, oh, maybe he should see an eye doctor. And then uh, sure enough, I needed glasses and that helped my headaches go away for a while. So did you guys both suck at baseball? Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did the glasses fix them? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. No, no, they did not. <laughs> well, I'll try to keep my bowling at a fair minimum. 
Uh, Carol, this one you might want to do a little something with. The Joe in question here is named Ripcord. Mm. Ripcord. Um, what do you think that means, Austin? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm, he's a paratrooper, you know? That's the cord you pull to make your parachute deploy. I'm just, right? You know? Is that like Rip Torn? <laughs> rip Torn. Rip Torn. What if it was Rip Torn? Hello? Wait, Get your that? eyes checked. That's the other one. Like, Rip Torn, you're one of the G.I. Joes? No! <laughs> now I am. No, you're thinking of Rip Taylor. I was. Yeah, you're right. I, I really want him to show up. <laughs> he seems like the kind would burst in on you. Rip Torn would just kind of walk in normally. Yeah. Right. Gruff businessman. But they both would reek of gin. <laughs> and, and then the lesson of this one is don't avoid a problem. Yeah. It's weird because it gets really specific and then it gets really general. Right. There's Yeah, there's a couple of them, like the running away from home one that does that, where there's like, it zeroes in and then pulls back and it's kind yeah. of a weird disconnect. Which problem uh, were they going to run away from? Their shitty home life. Oh, right. We're still on that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So then, uh, deal with your parents. Fix their marriage, kid. <laughs> so then we learned an important lesson in uh, not setting off that fake fire alarm that's in the middle of a public street, like in all of our cities. Yeah. Um, yeah. This one, the lesson is don't have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Having fun looks cool, but it's not. Kids, don't do things that are fun. <laughs> so. Two kids go, are like walking down the street, and one of them's like, "You know what? Think it'd be fun. Let's pull this fire alarm because there's a fire alarm in the middle of the street for some reason." And then uh, the GI Joe firefighter barbecue shows up yeah. to tell them why it's not a good idea to pull fire alarms because then firefighters have to respond to fake alarms instead of real alarms. Yep. So it's don't waste firefighters' time. Is yeah, pretty much is what that boils yeah. down to, and that's another one of those. Not just here, but I feel like that really got hammered home as a kid. Like, there's a period of time in elementary school where it felt like erroneously pulling a fire alarm was the worst possible thing you could do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Then uh, we get an important lesson in not swimming in a thunderstorm. Yeah, I don't... Uh, is this the thing? You, about you shouldn't swim in a thunderstorm? Yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you definitely shouldn't. I mean, oh. I think your odds are okay, right? Because the, the lightning will hit something taller by you, but water conducts electricity, so. Yeah, the idea is that, like, when it's lightning out, if you're in the water and the lightning hits the water, you'll get electrocuted because it'll just travel through the water and into you. Okay. Um, so that's why they, they say stay out of the water in a thunderstorm. Okay. Um, to Carol's point, if you're in like a lake and there's a lot of tall trees, statistically speaking, the lightning is more likely to hit the trees before it hits the the water. But it's uh, generally not a good idea to swim when it's a thunderstorm. A lot of these kids live near like the woods, or they have some pretty outdoorsy lifestyles. <laughs> yeah, this was a, this is another lesson that perhaps resonated to me living in the land of ten thousand lakes more than it did oh uh, yeah so, someone who lives in the the barren wasteland of california yeah this one felt esoteric to me well i hope <laughs> you enjoyed the fire alarm then because that's all you get yeah uh this was this was another one where uh i wondered 
uh, how long Deep Six was hanging out in this particular watering hole. Right. Uh, because he just like emerges from beneath the water in yeah. his scuba suit to be like, get the hell out of the water, kids. <laughs> they must have like an underground base where they just hang out or they like practice holding their breath. Well, so are these, this is my question about all these PSAs and we must answer it. Okay. <laughs> Are these G.I. Joes being alerted to these problems, or do they just happen to be there? I feel like it's a little of both. No, it's got to be one or the other. Because, like, Scarlet was clearly on vacation at the beach. She's wearing a swimsuit when Uh some kid is like, I can't water ski. And she's like, (laughs) I have a sworn obligation as a member of the G.I. Joe team to go teach this kid a lesson, even though this is, like, my time to hang out on the beach. This is Scarlet time right now. Yeah, this is Scarlet time to hang out on the beach with my cute boyfriend, Austin. But instead, I've got to go help Do you mind? I'm trying to suck Austin's dick over here. Right. But instead, she's got to go help that damn wiener kid learn how to water ski. Oh, no. Scarlet's on Scarlet time and she just watches a kid drown. But then like in this one, Deep Six is in his like scuba suit and everything. So I feel like he was like responding to a trouble ticket or something. Oh, yeah. I just don't know. So Deep Six is the one that you could take in the bath because he had a whole scuba business. Yeah. And he had a whole like bellows system where there's like a tube that connected into the back and you could like pump air into it and it would cause him to float up and then let the air out and you would sink down and I bet you could really startle your parents in the bathroom with him well yeah because they'd be like why the fuck are you in the bathroom right now <laughs> you just come out like the G.I. Joe <laughs> yeah. <Ooh>. yeah they're <laughs> taking a bath like, <laughs> <laughs> hey you watch out with that razor <laughs> Uh, next up, we have a lesson in proper ventilation. Uh, oh, so did anybody else just think these kids were working on their bikes and smoking Halloween? No, but I did think that they were getting high on fumes on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel, so the idea is like they're painting something with spray paint and they're like, ooh, we're getting kind of woozy in here. And then Dial Tone <laughs> shows up and says, you should always use proper ventilation when using paints. And I'm like, I feel like you kind of harsh their buzz there, Dial Tone. I think the lack of ventilation was a feature, not a bug in this scenario. <laughs> I liked at the end after he left and the kid's like, did we just really see that? (laughs) That's a good point. He may have been a figment of their imagination at this point. Maybe all these kids have been high. Yeah, this is also one that kind of rang false for me as a kid because I'm like, why would I be painting in my garage? (laughs) Like with spray paints and stuff, you know? know. Where else are you going to do it? I I just was not a kid that would have picked up a can of spray paint and like worked on my bike or anything like that. Well, that's why your life turned out the way it did. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> and this is kind of the point for me where it starts to feel like the Joes are less and less essential and like all their voices are like getting really half-assed. Yeah, you're definitely into like with dial tone, you've reached the point where the Joe line is a success and so they're churning out new toys, but they've <laughs> run out of like new military specialties for the characters to have. So they're refurbishing, uh, you know, so like breaker was the original GI Joe communications officer. And now dial tone is uh, the communications. Dial guy. tone wasn't even the first phone guy. That's right. Stupid. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely the case with, with dial tone. And similarly in our next, 
in our next PSA, uh, in which we learn the importance of uh, healthy food over the short-term energy boost that comes from candy. Yeah, fuck this one. Yeah, I don't eat candy for energy, okay? That lesson is imparted to us by Lifeline, who is the second Joe medic after Doc, who was earlier seen creeping outside kids' bathroom windows. Oh. Uh, And here's, okay, so to your earlier uh, question, Carolyn, uh, Lifeline is probably the closest that we got to a straw man liberal Joe. Oh, yeah. He was notably a pacifist and would not carry a gun. Oh, interesting. That but must he, have been a fun action figure that all the kids want. <laughs> so, the, so, so the ironic part with the figure was, like, he came with a bunch of stuff, like they always do, and it was, it was, um, like a like a medical kit and like an oxygen mask that plugged into it and a backpack with like a little communicator and like he had a lot of like pretty cool stuff and it was a very well designed figure. But despite the fact that he was a pacifist and specifically did not come with a little toy gun, he had a gun like molded onto the leg of one of his pants yeah. because they're just like reusing an existing mold to <laughs> to make his legs. But it's just one of those where you're like wow, you like got 90% of the way there and then just barely missed the landing. Maybe. Bothered to, yeah. Maybe it was a medicine gun. Yeah, there you go. It was like one of those like syringe gun things that they have. In I the think movies. there was just like a regulation that like every G.I. Joe has to come with at least one gun. Yeah, and, and to to both the, the series and the, and the comics credit, um, he, he was a pacifist, but he wasn't like played for laughs or anything. It wasn't like, the other Joes were pushing him around, calling him a pussy or anything like that. It was just he was a he was a pacifist. He didn't like to use guns. They made a point of establishing that, and then uh, that was just kind of his thing. But yeah, his whole business here about eating an apple, not a candy bar, is straight up bullshit. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. fuck you, you pacifist this, <laughs> bitch. The one kid's like, yeah, you never see an NBA player eating a candy bar before a game. I'm like, no, you just see him doing lines and lines of blow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat that. Candy bar, two lines of blow instead. <laughs> Gives you strong, long energy. Exactly. Uh, now then, you know. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> uh, then we have a lesson in the importance of wearing helmets. But it's wearing helmets when you're riding <laughs> ATVs on the beach, specifically. <laughs> Again, is... we have like this sort of general, when you're ra- riding a bike, wear a helmet. And it becomes this super specific scenario. It um, seems really specific about yeah. ATVs. They weren't serving the ATV population. Have you guys ever ridden an ATV? No. At one time, I tried to have a relaxing weekend in a coastal yurt, and other people were, and it mm. ruined it a little bit because it's, uh-huh. it's fucking loud ass, super. Like, don't ride your ATV while Carol's trying to relax in her yurt. Yes, seriously. <laughs> fuck you, kid. I did ride an ATV once. I did oh, not yeah? wear a helmet. Oh, oh Austin! You're the one that watched all these. Austin. I know. You I call know. yourself a Joe fan? I know. You blew it. What would Snowjob think? Yeah, the <laughs> lady who cuts my hair likes to ride ATVs. She's Whoa. told me while we make small talk while she cuts my hair. Uh, I do love how in this one, the the kids are riding around in ATVs, and one of them's like, you know, ha ha, you loser, you want to wear a helmet. And then he accelerates and immediately flies off the back of his ATV and smacks his head. Instant karma. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. And this is such an important lesson that two G.I. Joes show up to teach it. That's Beachhead and Cross Country. Oh, Oh, I thought they called him BJ. 
<laughs> I was I mean, gonna laugh at that. You could. I mean, you can just roll with that if you want. Wait, Beachhead is. Anyways, it's it's just another specific blowjob location. It's yeah, just, beachhead. Yeah, beachhead. That's like what, that's a snow job, but at the beach. <laughs> beachhead is what Austin was getting from Scarlet. I wish. <laughs> it's such a way to eat some sand, but I mean, it's fun too. So. <laughs> Uh, so then we get a lesson taught to us by everyone's favorite Asian stereotype um, about how don't build a treehouse if you're an idiot. I love how arrogant this kid is about his half-ass. <laughs> He's like bragging, like, I didn't put any effort into building this treehouse. Check it out. It he brags. It's like and then he puts four planks on a tree. He has like That's a big pound. is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The idea is yeah. that uh, some kid is, like, throwing some wood at a tree, and then it all falls apart. And uh, Quick Kick is the Joe in question who shows he up. And quick Kick? Quick Kick, the silent weapons master of Joe. So he Hard does to say. martial it is. arts? It totally is. Yeah, he's a martial artist. I mean, I like- he's a bit of a stereotype, but at a certain point, you either get stereotypes or no representation in the 80s. So right, yeah, he's there. Yeah. Yeah, this is, you're absolutely right. This is where, like, you know, Joe is doing the best it can in the time it's in by at least giving us a Asian character on the show. Right. Um, He's one of those. Go ahead. I like how the warning here is, like, if you haphazardly build a (laughs) treehouse, when you fall out of it, you may be caught by a shirtless man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the, so one of the funny things about Quick Kick is uh, is he shirtless, obviously, and also shoeless. Oh. So the idea is, like, he just has his, like, ninja pants and then, like, a, a bandolier with, like, ninja stars in it on. Um, but because that's his default look and animation is cheap, it's not like they're constantly updating the, the figures or anything. So he's always barefoot. so they'll like have a scene set in the snow and there's like snow job in his snow gear and there's quick get running along barefoot because we're sure as hell not gonna take spend the money to draw shoes on him he doesn't give a fuck um i would like to point out that we are entering the territory where we're covering very special topics that we've already covered in our great series oh yeah this one is a lesson on DIY home repair that we might have remembered from a certain Perfect Strangers episode. Yeah, this is what, <laughs> much like that Perfect Strangers episode and its uh, connection to a very special lesson. Uh, this one gives us uh, a pithy one-liner that almost lands, but not quite. Uh, where uh-huh. they say, "If you don't plan, you're out on a limb." Uh, oh. I want to say too, because Austin totally threw me under the bus last time oh. <laughs> in front of our guests. And picked a non-Christmas Christmas episode. Did the Star but, Wars guys bully you, Ryan? No, they didn't care. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna say the it all started when Carol just picked an episode of Perfect Stranger. She felt like watching. <laughs> felt good, man. Felt good. <laughs> Well, speaking of very special uh, lessons that we've already covered, yes. this is weird. Our next one That's returns how they started us. These. Yeah, they, they, this brings us back to that scourge of the '80s: the old refrigerator lying in a hunk of garbage. Oh, that fridge looks sweet. I want to get in it. And how you shouldn't go hiding in them. But I want to. I I guess that in this time period old refrigerators that sealed 
from the inside were being uh, thrown out a lot. I guess my... like that was that was what I wrote down. I'm like, did every fence in the 1980s have an old fridge leaning up against it? Because <laughs> it feels so. like that based on pop culture. Well, based on the two times we've come <laughs> across it. That's a lot of times for a it's, very specific problem. It's true. Uh, so yeah, yeah this... I mean, I kind of get it, right? It seems like a good place to hide if there's like a nuclear explosion, per se. Totally. Uh, totally. I think it would protect you from the radiation. Absolutely. That would have been awesome if Indiana Jones then couldn't get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like pounding on it. <laughs> no one will let him out. He's old. Man. And, and then and then share and then uh, Punky has to give him CPR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and share, yeah. And share and Sherry. Oh yeah, Sherry uh, the this, chair. This lesson was taught to us by the Jungle Trooper Ricondo. Right. And uh, again, I just feel like you know we're dealing with urban sprawl and abandoned refrigerator equipment. So you pencil in the jungle guy to teach that lesson. Like they're clearly just picking these out of a hat at this point. There's a lot of loose fridges in most jungles. <laughs> they were everywhere in the 80s. It's really... Uh, and so similar to how apparently there were abandoned refrigerators on every corner in the 80s, apparently downed power lines were enough of a problem that they warrant their own PSA. This one, though, felt realistic to me, actually. How oh, really? See it. And then the kid's like, hey, let's jump our bikes over. <laughs> I totally knew those kids. And I was always the kid that was like, I don't know you guys. And I was no fun because of it. But I'm still alive. Yeah, you're going to get old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this this is another one of those uh, PSAs that, for whatever reason, imprinted on me as a kid. Like, when when you say the G.I. Joe PSAs, I go, yeah, there's the one with the down power lines and roadblock. Yep. And even though I don't think I've ever seen a down power line in my entire life. And so, the thing that he uses to pick it up. Yeah, he has like that. a special yeah. non-conductive wand that he uses to push it out of the way. And, it's very um, cool. Yeah, so I guess this was a big deal once upon a time, but I've never known it to be a problem. It's just one you have to get out of the way. I think this one was pretty good, but it's making me remember a whole other child PSA that was way cooler about downed power lines and was like, these look cool, but it could be a snake. And then it was like, it turned into a snake. Did anybody else see that? <laughs> no. What? It definitely happened, guys. All right. There were no Joes. It was, it was not in canon, but it was pretty effective. Makes me not want to touch a power line, even though it looks pretty cool to jump my bike over. So question, in discussing, uh, in, in terms of representation on G.I. Joe, how do we feel about the uh, most prominent African American Joe always speaking in rhyme? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I think someone should do a PSA about that. If you only have a few black characters, don't make them hideous stereotypes. stereotypes. Yeah. So yes, this would be Roadblock, and that is his shtick uh, throughout the cartoon. That he How come wrote. I didn't even notice that? I guess he must not have been spitting his best fire. Yeah, and it's one of those weird things, too, because he's he's in the comic book, and he doesn't rhyme everything. Like, it's totally oh. a cartoon invention for some reason. Oh. Uh, but yeah, the pithy, the pithy one-liner we get here is, don't play around with a downed power line, or you could be playing with fire. Yeah. That doesn't rhyme. 
No, it really doesn't. That's true. Yeah, but I don't also, think Roblox delivered it. It was one of the damn wiener kids that was that, <laughs> that was that was his like I've taken in your knowledge and put my own twist on it to show that I've absorbed it and understood it. It should be like this may shock you. <laughs> you shouldn't <laughs> fuck with down power lines. That's good, Ryan. You yeah, that is. It is. Someone should pay me to write PSAs. So then we get another Joe popping up out of the water as if from nowhere. So when... This is the one I remember forever. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like the, the, immediately Goodbye. when I think of the G.I. Joe PSAs, my brain goes, uh, open and close your legs like a scissor. <laughs> like, I remember that forever. Like when I have Alzheimer's, I'll still remember that. Yeah. So this is a uh, this is a fairly complicated uh uh, set up to this one so like two kids are playing by the edge of a body of water one of them runs away the remaining one has the ground crumble out from beneath his feet plunging him into the body of water he then freaks out until a scuba man appears as if from nowhere to teach him how to tread water mm-hmm. and then everything is cool and he tells him the lesson is supposed to be like, don't play alone by the water. I'm not sure, yeah. but it's also like, don't freak out when you're in the water. And it's also tread water when you're in the water. It's also really specific instructions about how to tread. water. Yeah. And then right. like the nosebleed one, he's like, first you have to scissor your legs and then yeah. bring your hands underwater and cup them in a figure eight motion. Open and close your legs like a scissor. I don't know why. <laughs> I just always remember that. Clench your butt like, rock tight. He wasn't playing alone by the water. He was abandoned by his friend. Like, I specifically went back and rewatched it to make sure that I did see that kid, like, <laughs> run off into the woods before the ground crumbled away yeah. out. What a shitty friend. Right? The kid could have yeah. drowned if that scuba man hadn't been there to rescue him. But uh, he was. There's always was... a scuba man, maybe. 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 That was Torpedo. Maybe. That's a different <laughs> scuba man than, uh, than Deep Six. Who's cooler, Quick Austin, Torpedo or Deep Six? Deep Six. All right. Yeah. See, there we're getting to the bottom of the dregs here. One of the one of the problems with the Torpedo action figure, like I always liked the scuba guys, but early on in the line, they didn't have the uh, the money or the know how to give them really good sort of like removable full face mask kind of stuff. Mm. So like Torpedo is always in his scuba gear which is great when you're playing in the bathtub, but makes him kind of useless when you're not playing in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a real idiot at parties. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All those cool G.I. Joe parties that I attended as a kid. <laughs> or like when you're in the snow, you're like, he's still in that scuba gear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not wearing shoes. Hmm. Yep. Uh, then we get the earlier, the one we mentioned earlier in which uh, some kid gets lost from his brother and then freaks out and then meets a random Joe named Alpine who helps him stay calm until his brother comes back. Yeah, that's fine. And it's fine, but this is another one of those where, like, there really isn't that good of advice for when you get lost as a kid. It's like, just remain calm. Yeah, he's advice. like, the first thing he says is like, where was the last time you saw them? Go back there. And I'm like, sure, that's not a terrible idea, but there's no guarantee that's going to work. No, and then just he do what you can, you know. And then he's like, and if you and if that doesn't work, find a policeman. And I'm like, sure. Unless finding a policeman is just going to take you further and further away from where you were with, with the people that you lost. In mm. which case, that's probably not great either. And this is the one where the kid doesn't know who the GI Joe is. So yeah, he just <laughs> contradicts the "Don't talk to strangers" message. Yeah, he's like, hey, man, clad in climbing gear. 
<laughs> climb man. Look for a man in climbing gear. Ask him what to do. <laughs> yeah, it was like a good start for what to do in your loss, but you're not going to find a cop at a mall necessarily. You could still find probably like an employee will not steal you because they're right. busy being on the clock. And maybe if you're not white, don't go to a cop. It depends on your town, guys. <laughs> That's true. I did, I did wonder about that, too. It's like, if you get separated, find a cop, as long as you're white. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so then we close things out uh, with a return to the subtle molestation themes of the earlier PSAs. Yay. Um, let's wrap this up with one more kid named Billy. <laughs> yeah, Billy Block. Yeah. So Billy faints and a crowd gathers around him at a mall. And then uh, the Joe named Airtight comes running up, oh. taking, peeling off his clothing uh, okay. as he, First as he, thing, get nude. as he pierces yeah. the, as he pierces the crowd and instructs, urgently instructs the crowd to never lift the head of someone who faints. And the, then also to loosen their clothes. And then to loosen their clothes. And use a wet cloth, which is, well, I don't know. I'm just, it's just saying, it's loaded with innuendo, this last yeah. one. Loosen your own clothes, too. Put your mouth on them immediately, as soon as they're down. And this is another one with both uh, very specific instructions that led me to wonder if perhaps some of those instructions have become dated. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you like think... I, Airtight gets his name from his alibi or his asshole. <laughs> his alibi is his asshole. Oh. Good to know. Because the whole idea of like never lifting the head of someone who's fainted, I think that's because you just don't want to risk like dropping the head and it causing spinal, like a, yeah, yeah. A concussion or a spinal injury or anything like that. But they don't necessarily make that clear here. Yeah, you are supposed to clear the airway too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, use your tongue in in their mouth to do that. Right, get your tongue in their mouth immediately. Get your tongue where they're airtight. (laughs) (laughs) Analingus, that's the way to wake up. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) That's pretty much what Slater did to that homeless man. I knew that was going to come up. I saw this, I knew it. They said it in a mall and everything. It's right there. Uh, Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's twenty-seven uh, public service announcements about everything from believing in yourself to touching small boys when they're on fire. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. So, any final thoughts? Uh, I, you know, I, I'd ask how effective we thought these were. I guess in mass, maybe versus you know any I individual mean- one. I would say the two that have the most specifics are the most effective. So that would be how to tread water. I remember trying to pay attention to that as a kid because I wasn't a confident yeah. swimmer. And I was like, okay, yeah. well, if the shit hits the fan, I will make a figure eight and do scissor sisters with my <laughs> legs. And then I didn't have a nosebleed except for once in my life when I did a group bike ride to a high altitude. And by that point, I was in my 20s and forgot most of this shit, but I'm sure someone who, like, was keeping an eye on me might have knew it somewhere. So I'd say somewhat effective, not the worst things, but then it does give you a sense for, like, muscle-bound hunks showing up and being hyper-competent, which could maybe set you up for getting sex trafficked if you weren't careful. Ryan, what do you think? Um, I can agree with all that. Endorsed, 100. I mean, I think, too. Yeah, I mean, these are just always... Re- 
pretty goofy. Even as a kid, I knew these were goofy. But it is true. I remember the nosebleed one in particular feeling like that was useful information that I should retain. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, there's, there's a weird... Because I was certainly an earnest kid, uh, mm-hmm. as, as has been well established. And I listened when authority figures told me not to do something. Uh, but there definitely was... Despite that, there was definitely a feeling that like these were square as hell. Like even, mm-hmm. yeah. even as like the squarest of square kids, I was like, "Holy shit, you guys! These are pretty goddamn square." Um, but they, yeah, the nosebleed shit that stuck with me. The power lines, for whatever reason, stuck with me. Um, and obviously, these are, um, you know, for better or for worse, people know these. People are aware of them. Um, so I mean, there's an entire generation out there that is familiar with the concept of this sort of like. The goofy ass military show teaching kids important lessons at the end. Yeah, I mean, I do think this is like the greatest legacy of GI Joe is these PSAs. It probably, I mean, in all honesty, it probably is in terms of just sort of the casting the widest net. Yeah, because yeah. this is like all I really know about GI Joe. Yeah, because there's nerds like me who know shit more about GI Joe than this, but just the vast majority of people, if they know anything about Joe, they know this. Yeah, Yo Joe. Yeah, and maybe Kung Fu Grip. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. That's another one that that the internet has sexualized for us. So we really great mm. phrase. Yeah, yeah. Release me from your kung fu grip. <laughs> uh yeah. So and uh, the enduring internet videos when they dub these, they are so dumb but so effective in getting a dumb laugh. So. Yeah, they, these are ripe for memeing and gifing and parody and whatnot. Well, in conclusion, I just want to say. Carol's wedding was really fun. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> I had regrets, but ultimately I enjoyed it a lot. My smiles were regrets? sincere. Oh yeah, you know, just like this shit I talked about. Like you know, just like the station. guy she married. Just getting married. <laughs> I should have gotten married a little sooner, too. We were together like 10 years first. No, it was fine. It's great. I'm very happy. Thank you all for coming to my special day. Me, it's me, one me. Of those weddings where I was like, I'm pretty sure they're common law married by now. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't get no money when they die in common law now. Oh. To start the murder plans. Yep. 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 I wouldn't announce that if I was really planning murders. I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I, I feel, did a G.I. Joe teach you that? that <laughs> they uh, should. If you're going to plan to murder your spouse, keep it mum. You don't want <laughs> word to get out and incriminate you. You better tell uh, your husband yeah. not to jump over any downed power lines. <laughs> or to do it or he's a pussy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, if you're we gonna murder watching... your spouse for the insurance money. Make it look like an accident. Right? We were watching uh, a Snapped, which I enjoy. It's a lady murder show, and it right before we watched the PSAs, and then we did do like some PSAs because that lady who murdered the guy didn't like do any good murder moves. She just like threw the stuff away. She still had the bloody clothes in her trunk. Like if you murder somebody, throw your clothes away in a faraway location or burn them. Don't leave incriminating evidence. Thanks, Deep know. Six. Right? <laughs> Austin, which of the G.I. Joe's do you think would be most likely to murder some somebody they loved once? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, You're Snake Eyes right. probably has. <laughs> okay. G.I. Joe's most likely to murder their spouse. <laughs> yeah, let's get real. This is how we choose what people are like. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's probably Flint. Okay. <laughs> the captain? Yeah, the like uh, he's he's not a captain, but yeah, he's he's the one that's in the beard relationship with Lady J. Oh uh, yeah, he's got some secrets. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the great ironies of G.I. Joe is that, like, the Wolverine of the G.I. Joe comic is Snake Eyes. Yeah. But he's a mute character, so he's functionally non-existent in the cartoon. Like, he's there, but he doesn't really get to do much because he can't talk. Yeah. Um, So, of course, he shows up in none of these PSAs because he'd have no way to communicate the lesson to any of the kids. He could, like, make hand signals. Well, they could have done, like, a cool PSA with, like, somebody with sign language and, like, a deaf kid or whatever. Oh, that would have been really cool. Nope. Nope, not doing that. Uh, So, Carolyn, I like the cut of your jib. Where can I get more jib from you online? Oh, gosh. I have a couple things. You can see my stuff. I am on Twitter, Carolyn Main, C-A-R-L-Y-N, and I am like the street. You can listen to my other podcast, Pitch Please, on Carnival Studios. I am on Facebook and Twitter, and I'm around, and I think this isn't the last you've heard from me. Uh, Ryan, how about you? I have a website. It's ohyesverynice.com, which is my art and stuff. Uh, And then, oh, yes, very nice is my handle on Instagram and Twitter and all that other crap. Uh, as for me, you can find my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. Uh, I mostly write about X-Men and Star Wars, but I do have a little bit of uh, G.I. Joe material on there. Yeah. If uh, if your interest is piqued by this episode and you'd like to read a little bit more, and one of uh, one of my co-writers on that site has some more recent G.I. Joe stuff on there as well. Uh, as for this show, we are a very special episode. You can follow us on Twitter at AVSEPod. Uh, you can check out our Facebook page. Uh, email us at AVSEPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I guess before we go... Oh, yeah. One more question for you guys. Who's ready for Saved by the Bell Reviewed Rebooted? Oh, no. I'm not. (laughs) Now you know how Ryan feels when they kept rebooting Full House and shit. I know. The only thing I'll say about it, I mean, I've only looked at a little bit of stuff, but I'm going to, I feel like I called it that uh, Zach Morris would grow up to be a politician. I think he did. I think they, like other vehicles, have stolen from our podcast. Yeah, (laughs) right. Uh, they definitely got some material handed to them with the prevalence of people calling out Zach Morris. It is nice that he seems to be the villain. Yeah. 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 I bet it's not very good, and I bet we'll have to watch one on a very special episode. That's my prediction. What do you think, mm. Austin? I'm still... Maybe this is wishful thinking, but I'm still not 100% convinced that we'll ever actually see this. Ooh. You know, I gotta say that I've doubted that so many reboots would actually happen, but they seem to all happen. I well, know. I mean, what it, what it really boils down to is that we're in the midst of this streaming war where right. every, every content either content creator or like owner of content out there is realizing that they thinking they need to have their own streaming platform Mm -hmm. that they can make more money getting direct subscriptions for their back catalog than they can get licensing that catalog to something like Netflix or Hulu or whatever. And so it's, so it's creating this world where there is at least initially like a huge demand for new content because yeah. 
everybody has like their back catalog, some more so than others. But to really get eyeballs on it, you need something like new and catchy and buzzy. And the best way to do that is to reboot a thing that already has a built in audience. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why we're seeing all of this crap right now. But I wonder how many of these streaming platforms can actually make it. I mean, we're, we're going to reach a point of market saturation where people aren't going to pay eight bucks a pop to subscribe to 50 different streaming sites. Right. I I really hope a lot of them die because it's way too much and just give me the stuff guys. So I could very well see. So NBC, which is doing the save by the bell reboot, um, their streaming service is going to be called the Peacock. And why not uh, just the cock? You're right. And so they're, you know, they're rebooting Saved by the Bell and Punky Brewster and Battlestar Galactica. And it's all this buzzy stuff and everyone's talking. And I could very well see a world in which there is an NBC streaming site. And for three bucks a month, you can log in and you can watch their back catalog. And they've monetized it as best they can. But the idea of like paying top dollar in enough quantity that they can afford to keep creating these shows. I just don't see that lasting. Well, I also just think that say by the bell, it's a Saturday morning live action show for kids. We, I mean, we're obsessed with it. It's not like we're not gonna check it out. But right. Right. Basically like that Jimmy Fallon thing, like oh, I'm totally into like a six minute reunion. Yeah. I would probably even watch a reunion, like, movie or something. Yeah, kind of like what Beverly Hills 90210 is doing right now with, like, a weird, like, in-universe, out-universe, fourth-wall-breaking reunion thing. Yeah, but a new series that features two of the main characters and then all new characters is... I'm not going to watch... It's just not interesting to me. I mean, I feel like that was new class and we weren't interested in that. Right, totally. (laughs) So, you know, I don't know. I mean, just the part of me that is compelled by this shit. I'll look at it, but I can't see myself actually watching any of it, much less subscribing to a new platform to watch. Yeah, just for that? I mean, that's... yeah. Yeah, but yeah. my guess is it'll be like a free episode you can watch. Oh, online, sure. Sure, and sure. I'll probably watch half of it, and that'll be the end. <laughs> that'll be the one we review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope a lot of the streaming sites die off, and this might not be what we're that interested in, but if they do something special, we might. It'll be interesting to see Zach finally become the Belding. Uh, I wonder if they'll address, you know, that child he didn't help raise in Hawaii and (laughs) that homeless girl. Like, there's a lot of loose ends. I feel like they're finally going to pull it together, like, lost, right? Yeah, no, I don't think they... I don't think they will at all. It's just oh. Zach being confronted by all these women. Yeah, like, what if, about our baby? If it was like this gritty urban drama involving like the California governor's fall from grace when he's first confronted with the like illegitimate child he never raised and then gets indicted for the murder of two homeless people yeah. whose bodies are found in the like basement of his childhood home, that'd be fantastic. I'm on board for it. Yeah, do, do that, and I will I will drop top dollar on your streaming service. <laughs> Screech has already, already said that he's willing to go full nude, so um, there's yeah. that. Although they keep not inviting him to any of them. I know. You can't do porn. <laughs> and, like, have a career later. Usually that's just true for women, because 
The men haven't done porn, but no Screech one, no one would answer that phone harder than Screech, and no phone is ringing less than Screech's. I think he's the fatal combination of not talented and not easy to work with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, not cute anymore. Yep, he was talented true. for an eight-year-old. He's not talented for twenty-eight-year-olds. Th- a forty-eight. Yeah. Oh no! Stop aging, Screech. Yeah, three strikes. That's yep. it. Yeah. All right, well, Well, let's wrap this up Uh, for the show we still are right now, a very (laughs) special episode. I am Austin Gorton, and I am reminding you that knowing is half the battle. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode. Next time on a very special episode.